0: Hey there folks, World Walkers and Everfolk alike. Welcome to World Talkers, an Evermore fan cast. Are you ready for a fantastical journey beyond the portal of Evermore? Fortune tellers and barkeeps beware, for here there be dragons. Hello, welcome to World Talkers. Skyler um, Skylar here, introducing us as we go into this new episode. We're gonna be talking about our review and actually answering some listener questions today. But before we get into that, the other hosts with me are Daniel, Wyatt, and I'm Chandler. What's up, guys? We're excited to get started. And to start off with that, we had a question set in from one of our listeners. His name is Jason. You can actually find him at the Black Lantern Shop on Instagram. He won the popular choice in the art contest. And so that was really cool to see his Faldo keep your lantern lit. It was really good art and I loved it. Great art. Yeah. So, but he sent us a email, and he had this one question that we really want to answer, as it will kind of play into some of the reviews that we're doing in this episode. Uh, he says, One thing I've been curious about that I was hoping you could touch upon is how one obtains gold and silver as well as tarot cards. Are there particular characters slash quests that lead you down the path to obtaining these things? I see some people's posts at the end of their night showing all that they have collected from various characters in the park, and then there's others who have not received a single thing. It sounds like from your first show, quests are very organic and just developed based on your own interactions, but just wanted to see if there were any tips that you could provide people who are wanting to collect these things and these items on their trips to the park. just thought this was a great question. I like it a lot. To start off, does anybody have any input that they want to put in? First of
1: all, how do you find out quests? That wasn't necessarily in his question but i think it leads us to our conversation right how do you find the quest
2: uh the my my personal experience with that whole thing has just been um when when you first walk into the park there's this little banner that's off to the left and it has like a few rules about evermore and one of the rules is talk to everybody like talk to the characters that are there and sort of finding those quests is a matter of speaking with the characters that are there asking them hey who are you what's your name introduce yourself what can i do to help you what do you do here in the
3: park how
2: can i help you do that thing that you do
3: that question of what can i do for you is in my opinion one of the most important questions because that's what leads you to go do something for that character and if the person responds well i don't know that's that's the key for you as the world walker to start honing in on what they're talking about. Ask them about their fears, their worries, their, their doubts, their relationships. Because something on what they say, you can tend to pick up on and be like, oh yeah, I can do that for you. Or even suggest like, if I were to do this for you, because it sounds like you're having trouble in this area, would you mind giving me a gold or could I get a reward? You can start crafting your
0: own quest and you're getting items for doing something for them. That's very true, Wyatt, trying to get to the bottom of what that character needs, and we kind of talked about that before in our previous episodes when we were, like, gushing about, um, you know, what we love about the park and how we went on that bowler hat quest that necessarily didn't contribute to the main overarching story. It was more just, like, some fun for us. The way that you find out about these main quests or the overarching story is kind of just gossiping with the townsfolk. And the actors do a pretty good job of trying to lead you in the right direction by saying like, Oh, well, like, what's going on? Like, what are your worries here and what are your concerns? Just like Wyatt was saying. And if they don't say anything really, they're like, oh, I don't really know. Ask them, who do you know? Who else in here could use help? And then they'll be like, well, Thurgood is trying to help these people get cured from the darkness. And you're like, oh, cool, what's the darkness? So you gather some information, and then once you gather the information, you go talk to Thurgood and say, hey, I hear you're trying to cure this darkness. And then he gives you, hey, I need some carbon. I need something. Can you go find that for me? I, I
3: love what Jason said. He's like, I see people on Instagram who post about the things they collect and and then people who don't. And if you have that experience, if you're if you're feeling that way, Go talk to those people. They're your fellow world walkers. Go say like, hey, that's an interesting tarot card. How did you get it? And they're like, well, I talked to so-and-so. And yeah, it's kind of weird to just approach them and be like, hey, I'm looking for this card. Do you have it? The character will be gentle and humble enough to be like, I do. Here's what you do to get it. Sometimes just asking for it is the best way to get it. Yeah. And now, what? Is, what's the deal with
1: these tarot cards? How do you get them? We talked about gold a lot in the finale. How do you get gold? Are these kind of what? What's that? Let's finish that part of the question from Jason.
2: Uh, absolutely. So when you wrap up the quest, you're gonna go back to the person who's sort of sent you on that journey. You'll tell them about the things that you did. If there was an item involved, you might return that to them. Turn in the thing that they're looking for. And then they will thank you. Perhaps they'll reward you with gold. Perhaps they'll reward you with silver or other seasonal gifts that they might give you. And then depending on the nature of the quest or if the character has additional collectibles on them, they might reward you with different collectibles like the tarot cards. For example, when we did the hunter's quest, we had to go throw some axes, collect some black stones, prove our ability to be courageous in the face of evil. And once we sort of returned back and reported on those three things, we were given the hunter card. So typically the the bigger collectibles are at the end of longer sequences of events. And the smaller rewards like gold and silver are sort of like one and done little incidents with people.
1: And sometimes you may need to collect gold and silver just these like little nuggets to pay for a tarot card for example or Mm -hmm. not necessarily pay for but for example we got the auctioneer card all of which you can see all of the tarot cards on our instagram at world talkers but we got the auctioneer card simply by talking to finley and his wife in one of the moments of clarity of finley we discovered that finley was trying to collect payment for Thurgood's remedy and when we gave his wife a a bit of gold she gave us this little thank you thing saying I think this might have some value in your world here you go that was actually really cool sometimes you do have to collect different things to then give them to the appropriate people in this puzzle like format.
0: They make it pretty obvious, pretty well known, like, who has gold and not necessarily who has tarot cards, because those are, like, the deep collectibles that they want you to kind of search for and even sometimes come back multiple times to experience that story and dig for it. But gold is, especially now with Aurora, it's a little bit more, like, they make it accessible. It's pretty fun to get... They have fairies or light elves or whatever where they're just like, hey, sing me a song or tell me a funny joke and I'll give you some gold. Or the light elves in Aurora would say, oh, we're going to do a prank on you. We're going to put garbage in your hand. And then they're like, oh, ha, 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 it's not garbage. It's it's silver. So here's some money.
1: I think really the way that you get gold is interacting. They use okay. it as a reward for good interactions Or for helping them and their townsfolk. By talking and laughing with the elves, or excuse me, the fairies, you got some gold or different things by playing with them.
0: Yeah, so it is as you said that it seems, it is as Jason said that it seems more. Organic and it it really is because the actors are good at directing people towards these things because they want you to collect things like they're there They're there to be collectible and to be fun things to find and to get and so again like doing joining the druids You ended up getting these cards to prove that you had joined the druids and and stuff like that Um, So hopefully that answered your question Jason and anybody else that was asking about that if anyone else has questions feel free to email us at worldtalkers.podcast at gmail.com and we will try to answer your questions as best we can. And now we can just get right into the review of Lore. Keep in mind that as we're reviewing Lore and Evermore Park that it is a living park, it is growing, it is expanding and it's even changed from what its initial concept was going to be and it's just something entirely new. So please keep that in mind as we talk about going forward.
3: And with that, I want to start us off by saying the thing that I like about lore in specific was the character interactions, was the ability to go to someone and have them remember my name because of the experience that I had with them. For me, what changed, what flicked in my mind and said Evermore is great is when we got in trouble with Seftis, we resolved the situation, we went back a second time and he goes, hey, I know you guys. And he, t- he said, Chandler, Skyler, Wyatt. He all called us by name. And I was like, that's awesome. And Dan. I love that. He and Dan. 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 Dan didn't come a second time, so. But,
2: yeah. But he, but he, de- <laughs> de- he definitely remembered <laughs> He knew, remember me, he, Dan. He knew yeah. me by name. He, I was I was his favorite. He
0: actually, yeah, he did. He asked about you and he's like, didn't you have another friend? And we're like, yeah. He's like, I really like him. He's, he's really cool. I'm <laughs>
3: like, yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's that kind of
3: attention to detail of remembering someone's name that really like just hooked me right in yeah i was like okay this is a cool place yeah
2: in addition to those that sort of chatting about the character interactions for me i i have a background in theater and acting and a few of us do here as well like it's super fun to see when you're in the park just the improvisational skill that these actors have and that you get to play off as well your ability to just riff with the characters is super fun. You get to have conversations with these living fantasy characters that you could see in books and in movies that you otherwise you might not be able to have a chat with. Like the executioner in Prisoners of Azkaban that's about to take off Buckbeak's head. Like, what words would you want to share with him? Go talk to Seftis and share your, like, thoughts on why execution sucks. Uh, And then he'll have some thoughts to share with you about why he thinks it's the coolest. I gave him a book about execution, And, like, I got to see him walking around reading it for the rest of the evening. And so, like, just these small things that you get to see these characters doing playing off of what you do, it's just super rewarding.
0: It is very fun. Like, singing them a song, and they've never heard that before. That was what one of our friends did. They sang the fairies a song. And then for the rest of the night, we would catch the fairies teaching that song to other people. It's very cool, and it's very fun. And, again, as always, kudos to these actors in the way that this park is. For me, one of my personal favorite things about Evermore is those collectibles. The things that you can find. I just, I have this weird hoarder mentality. I don't know if it's weird. I'm sure a lot of people get it and love it. Oh, Skylar and his collectibles. He, he, he hoarder is the right term. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool hoarding. Yeah, totally. What is, Okay, what's a museum if it's not hoarding just cool ancient stuff?
1: And that is what you do with your collectibles. You collect and hold on to them ever more succeeded at that definitely
0: yes i really really liked that i loved discovering the coin and finding the gold and trying to hold on to it and they are precious and the tarot cards were really really fun to just we kind of just came across them and like the hunters gave us a card and i'm like yes this is cool this is like my badge i want I, I want more of this i want to wear something that like defines me as a hunter and i really enjoy the collectibles and the merchandise that they sell it's very cool, very unique, and, and fun to get.
1: My personal favorite thing that I enjoyed was this sense of impending doom throughout the story, and I hope it came across when we were saying the talking about the summary of it. Lore was creepy and very much, at, it was set in a dangerous world, right? There, there was this impending doom with Clara and the others. Of
3: These were real people, and they were, really were scared for their lives and going along with that lore specifically was a dark place and you felt it the decorations the props the costumes everything connoted the doom and i loved that mm-hmm. it was halloween and it was scary but it was it wasn't like a haunt or a haunted house it was a doom it was a, a sorrowful
0: impending doom. It, it, I don't know how to quite describe it. It felt... There was very high stakes. If we didn't find the cure, Finley's going to die. Posh is going to die. Evermore is going to be consumed. And I love that. It's very intense. The lighting was purple. A dark purple and, like, dark reds to give that sense of pressure on you.
2: I... I love that as well. And I think with all of the doom and gloom that was there, I think Evermore played into this extremely well by also giving you little side things that you could be doing to sort of maybe take your attention away from all of the scary stuff that was going on. You could go get your fortune read by the fortune tellers, which is just kind of like a fun little thing to do. They were extremely charismatic and interesting people to talk with. And then you also had the axe throwing and the archery, which was just, I think, added value on top of the price of the ticket because you had things that could, on like a standard rate, if you're going just hatchet throwing at some of these places, they can be charging you like 25, 30 bucks. And you're, you're getting to go do it time and time again just for the price of standing in line because you bought a ticket and you went to the park. It's super-duper cool that they gave you side things and the added value of all of what those things meant uh, while you were in the park.
0: I also personally really liked the music of Evermore as Mm -hmm. well. Oh, yeah, yeah. They had had the, again, those two sections, they had the magical lore and the cursed lore, and Mm -hmm. the music would change. The magical lore was, like, kind of more fun, more upbeat. I don't know how to put that. More mystical? I'm not super a music person, but... Yeah, it connoted
3: a feeling of, come explore this mystical Mm -hmm. land. Even the lyrics were kind of like, come explore and enjoy this wonderful magical place. Kind of fluty, elfy, Very mystical song, right? Yeah.
0: And then the cursed lore had those darker themes, the scarier tones, the rustling in the forest music. And perhaps I should mention that this is all an original soundtrack, and you can actually find them on iTunes if you're wanting to buy it and listen to it. I think it's really great. I own both of the albums, and I'm wanting more of the albums. The music is super good, so go check that out on iTunes. Just search for Evermore Park, and it should pop up. It's Karanua Music, I believe, is the actual people that created it
2: in addition to like the music and whatnot it would be hard to pass up talking about the great things in lore without talking about their decorations and their props and the like other things that you saw around because you you walk in and you're immediately transported, and then in terms of just setting the tone for lore, you're walking around and you see these weird, funky-looking pumpkins that have these lights that are cast on them and make them look ominous and
3: freaky and scary. I think going along with that, what really got me was the statue of St. Michael in, mm. the, in the main square, because you have... The image of the angel going down and striking down this devil creature. But to me, it was lighted in such a way with orange and purple kind of Halloween mm-hmm. colors that I was like, ooh, this is spoopy.
2: Oh, and by the way, those those pumpkins that I was talking about it isn't like a little pumpkin patch. These were like 13 foot tall pumpkins that you could walk through and so on. Just wanted to clarify. I wasn't scared
3: by little tiny pumpkins.
2: Uh, not afraid of pumpkins.
3: Dan is afraid of pumpkins. He's being courageous. They're the scariest of all. <laughs> Squash like fruit things.
0: Yeah, no, but they they were very cool. They were they were rather large and you can walk through them. They had like tunnels in them and and things like that and they As we said before, they had that giant scarecrow. You can actually get on their website and they have some of the pictures. You can also just check out the hashtag evermorepark or evermore, and you can find a lot of those pictures and we'll be posting pictures as well on our Instagram and on our Facebook and things like that. So you can can find these pictures of what lore looked like kind of all over the place if you're really wanting to see that. Along with, that was the costumes. Again, as we've said before, a very, very, very good positive is the costumes. And the makeup effects and the puppeteering of Kader and the the characters are all yeah. super cool, very aesthetically believable. And like you look at a goblin, feels like a goblin. The fairies are fun. The the satyr yeah l- looked yeah. like a satyr. He had the goat legs. Puka looked like a very
3: magical beast. He's the main deer thing. He's like their poster child. Like he yeah. is. Yeah. He is a really big uh, symbol for Evermore. Tip Top yeah. was a great character, a very like steampunk robot. He looked fantastic. They really put the time and effort into helping you get into to lore.
2: And with that in mind, I think going back up to the, the, the top to Jason's question, if you want thoughts on how to create your own quest type of ideas, how to create things organically for your experience in the park, Ask people about their costumes. Mm-hmm. What do what what do the articles of clothing that they're wearing mean to them? Why do they wear their mask a certain way? Why do they have a string around their finger? You, ne- you never know what sort of a thing uh, you'll find out just by asking a simple question about what someone's
1: wearing. And that was actually the one reason why we started playing and talking to Septus. He was fidgeting with a coin. And I believe, Wyatt, you asked him, hey, hey, what about that coin there in your hand? And then he offered and said, do you want to play a game? And led us kind of into the rabbit hole that is evermore.
0: Yeah. And now that we've talked about a lot of the positive things that we really like, we did want to mention and get into some of the feedback that we have or things that we felt didn't work quite as well as we hope that they can in the future. And some of these things they have improved on, but we're going to mention it in the context of lore and how it was during that time.
1: First and foremost, I think it's important to understand Lore was its first season, right? Lore is Evermore at the very beginning, and to be honest, Evermore didn't know what Lore was. Originally, they had it planned out to be a haunt where people can come walk through this very linear story and you are guided with a person that goes with you, and you are scared, and then you leave. I know that they did that for the first maybe week or so, and that was actually one of the their worst weeks that they had received the most complaints, because people didn't want a haunt. People wanted this magical place that they could go into and explore, and not be led around. We actually attended the Fanex panel, and we were disheartened when we were told that it was going to be a walk-through experience, and that's one reason also why we were a bit confused what Evermore was when we first went, because our expectations weren't met by reality.
3: And you can see why we did the first episode that we did, because there was such confusion about the expectations of Evermore in general. Like describing it to someone was interesting because there was this preconceived notion of it's a singular experience, you walk through it, and then it kind of evolved and changed into something else. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing, it, it's just something that we weren't expecting, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it just creates, I mean, with anything new, there's going to be hiccups, there's going to be challenges, and that's just the the deal it is with anything that's new, But the fact that they did evolve and change with what the customers were wanting and what the guests were wanting is a great boon and a great, you know, applaud to Evermore Park and their staff.
1: Excellent move by them to actually change and things. It's, it is interesting though, you can see with how the park is constructed that it was really originally going to be a walkthrough experience. First of all the construction was still going on when lore started and then it wasn't really fit for the mass amount of people that they had.
2: Yeah, when you when you would walk around the park, you just run into all, all sorts of choke points um, in key areas where you expected to sort of congregate to, to go talk to a character. Pit Plum brought it up in his comment at the end of uh, our last episode where he was mentioning you would wait in line for a while to, to talk to a character and inevitably more and more people would come to wait in line to go talk to this character because there were people there, so there must be something interesting uh, and so inevitably it just sort of turned into a big old hodgepodge of people and it made it a little difficult to go and do that y- So you would go and find something else to do, which was fine But that was a difficult thing for us to look past when we
3: were first there Uh we, there were choke points But I think a step in the right direction that evermore did was Originally they had dirt paths and it was difficult because it would rain It would get muddy and and it would just kind of make this un, Unpleasurable experience so the Actually paved the walkways. Yeah, and that was that was a, an improvement. Yeah, um, that we already really well saw. Done. Yeah, that we already saw. Well done. Yeah, uh, but those choke points still existed yeah. in some areas.
0: Yeah, the, the choke points still existed, and they, they paved the path for Aurora. They still had, like, a rocky gravel paved path during lore, but the, the true, like, asphalt paved paths didn't come until Aurora, and it was a significant increase, and it was so much easier to move throughout the park, and you didn't get your costumes as dirty, which I'm also... is probably good for them as well, considering the quality of these costumes. They want to keep them nice. There was even hay bells. Yeah, guided you. And I think maybe like a, a week or
3: two weeks in, they just removed those hay bales. Yeah. Because those were infuriating yeah. to me. The, yeah, the
0: hay bales were, were pretty frustrating for me as well. Couldn't go where you wanted. You had yeah, to step over them. Yeah. But again, they improved on that and they continue to improve upon feedback, which is a great thing for them.
2: And then just kind of briefly talking about something that we kind of were already mentioning a little bit earlier was in not knowing exactly what the park was going in. When you first arrived at the park, you didn't really know what to do. Um, You had some basic idea of like, okay, I am here. There are characters now what you kind of felt a little aimless until you stumbled into the idea of what you were supposed to do so we thought maybe a guest tutorial type of a deal would have been nice being greeted by somebody at the front to say hey welcome to evermore first things first we want you to go talk to suds in the tavern he'll set you up on your adventure blah 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 who like who who knows exactly what sort of a structure they could have used but for lore walking into the park it was a world of possibility but you didn't necessarily Know which thread to start pulling at first to unravel this awesome story.
1: Yeah, I actually had a co worker who we not only had to convince to go, him and his wife, but when there was some miscommunication of when we were going to meet up at Evermore, and because of kind of we missed each other, he and his wife just kind of wandered around not knowing that they had to talk to people saw the beautiful architecture and the beautiful buildings and but then they left pretty much an hour into the experience and didn't enjoy themselves so a, a tutorial definitely would have helped them there
0: mm-hmm. just giving them a starting point like a and and they have improved upon that as well but that was that it's, was the thing during lore it still could use some improvement still
1: think they need more improvement there yeah. of explaining what lore is and how to evermore yeah. essentially mm-hmm
0: basically a part of the advice that uh, that we give and that they give is to talk to everyone I'm not sure how to improve that and and I am conflicted by this idea because it was confusing to not know what to do or not know what was going on but that was also part of the fun is learning hey what's going on how do all these pieces connect but it's definitely needed at the very beginning more emphasis on I think talk to the characters ask them what's going on in town what's the trouble
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I think for me, they have that sign going in that sort of lays out some of the ground rules about the park. I, I think it would be interesting if before you even walk through the gates going into Evermore, you had maybe... A sign or two or maybe like just a few images so to speak that say hey while you're in the park look out for this ask maybe like a question of the evening that they they want you to try to answer something to guide your mind to give you some focus as you're walking into the park eventually the uh, evermore park decided to implement a sort of scavenger hunt type system which we saw in aurora and we'll probably talk a little bit about that once we get there, but they, they were aware that this was something that they wanted to to fix up, and they, they attempted that. I, I think that still had its flaws, but it was a sort of way for the players to give themselves a tutorial without being spoon-fed, this is what you have to do while you're here.
0: Yeah, because I, that's what I don't want. I don't want to be spoon-fed. I want to feel as if I'm, like, or at least I want the illusion uh, that I'm not being spoon-fed, mm-hmm. Because I want to feel as if I'm discovering this, if I, as I'm being the active party in discovering everything and, and making the quests move forward.
1: Right, because if you're spoon-fed everything, we go right back to... This being a linear story that you're guided towards, right? Yeah. Which is essentially what we didn't like.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, which is, I think, something that the tableaus are good for too. Is if you can try to get into those tableaus as close as possible. There was one. There was kind of a hiccup about that because this is like a theater live action. They don't have microphones, so sometimes it's really hard. Specifically, this came during the Champions Quest. It's really hard to hear what they're saying when they're trying to portray this again they've gotten better i would still love it especially because of how many people are there to somehow get that louder and make everyone hear it
2: yeah they're performing in the open air they're not performing in an amphitheater yeah. the the acoustics are difficult to work with yeah so we'll we'll see what they end up doing to yeah. remedy that possibly yeah. in the future who knows
0: what they're going to do i'm but... sure they're working on all yeah. of these things but Absolutely. you know
1: my kind of biggest thing that I really think that needs to be worked on is bringing the guest into the story, right? We talked about the the champion's quest, and that was wonderful. We've heard rumors that perhaps this was suggested by a world walker, you know, a guest to the park, that they bring them into the story even more so by having champions. But I I want that the entire time, right? I want to be in the story and at least have a, the illusion that my actions matter on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. So, for example, as we were kind of questing, we were collecting gold to give to either organization, the Acolytes or the Druids, and the story reason was because they needed it to perform magic. Well, at the end of the day, no matter who I gave it to, it didn't matter. Either the story was set, or what actually happened was that they went and stole the gold. So the fact, I wish that they would have either had a running total or the organization that had the most gold did something or that my actions affected it
0: yeah i i also love that as well i like that feeling that we contribute to the play just like when you start yelling into the crowd and they respond to you as in starting the cheer or why it's starting a mob pseudo mob not yeah. not a real mob
3: not a malicious mob
0: <laughs> <laughs> it could have been <laughs> No, so I I really do like that, and those are some of the things that we think that the park can improve on. One thing
3: that I kind of wish they would have capitalized on is we're talking about our actions having consequences, having weight. And I think I wish I would have saw that in the factions. I really wish that when I went and did something for the hunters, like I, I did this long sequence of events, I got the hunter card, that I would be identified as a hunter, and with that identification would come certain perks. I don't know what they could offer, but I was talking with a friend, and he he was telling me about how some fighter jet pilots get to buy a special ring because they can fly fighter jets, and it's a very exclusive club that not everyone can do. And I'm not saying that we should have that level of exclusivity, That's uh, that'd be pretty rough, but the idea of, like, I'm a hunter, I can go to the local shop and buy a hunter bag or a hunter bracelet or a hunter necklace. Or when I go do a quest for other hunters that I get more gold from that quest because I am affiliated with that organization. Some sort of perk that identifies my experience and my success in that certain area. And because of the availability of that card to everyone, it necessarily wouldn't be exclusive because... Almost everyone got that card. A hunter quest was huge. I think what I'm getting at is that a special quest for hunters only, an exclusive perk, would have been really cool to have and given me motivation to join that faction in the first place.
0: I agree. I really like that idea. When we finished the hunter's quest and they were like, okay, well, now you're a hunter, I wanted that. I was like, I want my end game content for this faction.
1: I think you actually said, now what? If I'm a hunter... Now what do I do with this? Yeah. I want to be a part of the story. Let me be a part of this story.
0: Yeah. In my mind, what I thought it was, or what I wanted it to be, was like a key to unlock a quest or getting more gold. And I really like that idea in regards to merchandise, Wyatt. Maybe there's just like a hunter-specific bracer, or if you become a knight, you can get a shoulder pad or... I don't know. I'm not super creative at coming up with merch. That's why I like collectibles is because people make these cool things. But to be able to proffer a card and say, hey, I can buy this special Hunter's Notebook now would be even just a cool little little thing to do there.
2: Yeah. Having more merchandise in the park (laughs) uh, can never hurt. If it's an exclusive thing because you're a member of a cool faction that you worked hard to join, I think that's fun. But I mean... During the, during the time of lore in general, the merchandise pickings were kind of slim, so it would have been interesting to see more than just shirts and sort of bare-bone things that they had. Again, they were still just opening, so it's difficult to say, like, hey guys, why don't you have all of these cool things that I can just go and buy that are going to yeah. make me feel awesome about the park when I'm not there? Yeah. It's like they were they were still working those kinks out, and, I, and I'm aware of that.
1: I personally wanted variations of shirts or... I've even heard people saying, I would love to buy things that represent a certain character with whom I am associated. Daniel, you became really close to Seftis, right? Yes. What if you were able to dress like him or have something similar to
2: him?
3: I would Ooh, wear it like every a, day. Like an executioner's hood. Right. Literally uh, every day I
2: wouldn't take it off. Right.
1: Like, <laughs> those things I've heard a lot of people say, you know what, I wish, I wish that I could buy that. And I think that is the part where I kind of sometimes struggle is we have this very passionate fan base that wants more and the reality is sometimes you can't get that because of how new or mm-hmm. money, right?
0: We we want it now, but the logistics aren't like feasible. Exactly. Now. Yeah, that's just a hope, not necessarily a, you know. Right. Yeah.
1: But one thing that isn't a hope, and I wish could have come through more, is the communication between the staff and the characters. Uh. <sighs> sometimes I've heard that this story would change based on what the guests want, which is great, but it would change and the characters would only know that day. So, which is, again, logistics is, is difficult, but... The, the Champion's Quest, they were literally having us have dead amounts of time, hours, maybe 45 minutes, of where there wouldn't be anything. And I, I get that is to so that other people can experience all parts of the, the park, but at the same time, the reality that I felt like was that it was because they were still trying to figure it out and communicate it to everyone who needed to know about things there that night on the fly.
0: Yeah, that is very important, prepping, again, that illusion. We want the illusion that things are happening. So so baking into the story, like, Thurgood needs to, he's like, oh, I need to make this cure, come back after I've made it. That That's a good reason to right. wait, like, hey, oh, he's got to make it. He's doing, I don't know, whatever to yeah. make it.
1: That was a good part, but there were others where it literally was like, okay, just wait, and we were like, why? Yeah. Why are we waiting? Yeah. And that's... that. Yeah, I would like to see more communication between the crew, characters, and also the guests. More communication is great.
0: Yeah, more
2: communication is always good. It was communication that's killed plenty of my relationships. So more <laughs> communication is always going to be good.
0: Uh,
3: I, I think uh, one thing to note is that they kind of started to improve upon that in Aurora. We kind of saw the hints from actors and staff and guests being like, hey, you should be at this location at this time. It was an invite to a two-story that was taking place, and it was kind of good communication, which I appreciated, which I wish I would have saw in lore. Mm -hmm. But it was feedback that they capitalized on, but it was something that really could have been useful in lore.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that entirely. They have made improvements, definitely, but this review is in the context of lore and how we experienced it at the time. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and get an overview on what we thought overall and see what we, we think about, you know, the overall experience and how that went.
2: I, if I had to give an overview of my experience at lore again, I was just there for one night. But I I would say I had an amazing time. I give it 10 funds out of 10 funds. It was just a a super interesting time. I was really excited about getting to go back after my first evening, which I think is the most you could hope for out of a thing like that, is to drive a sense of this is a place that you could come back to and absolutely uh, enjoy time and time again. So for me, big success. There were things that could have been improved. There are things that I heard from others that yes, could have been improved, but overall I had an amazing uh, experience with it.
3: For me, How I would overview this season of lore would basically come down to a conversation that all of us would have every single time we came back from the park. I only went twice, but every time that we did, we'd come home, we'd gush about things we'd love, we'd be like, oh, there's this thing that could be better. But at the end of the day, like right before we went to bed, right before we were done at 3 a.m., we'd say... But I love the idea. I love where this is going. I love the themes and everything that's behind this. I just, there's things that could be improved on but there's things that I love. And I think that's that's what kind of put lore in a nutshell for me. is like, this is a really cool idea. Uh, it's definitely an alpha build. Their first build, their baby. This is the very first thing they've ever done. That's obvious, but there is beautiful things here that could be improved upon. And I can't wait to see those things happen in the next seasons.
1: I personally would wholeheartedly agree with the stipulation that sometimes I left the park feeling underwhelmed. I, I wanted more. Um, there were some experiences, for example, I joined the Druids and I got a several quests into it, but in, at a certain point I hit the wall. I wanted a deeper story and got it in some aspects. There were definitely, it was a deep story in some parts, but I think that is something that they could work better on and do more, is allow for a richer world and an open-ended story which again i think they're still trying to figure out how to do that on a mass scale it is something that's never been done before and obviously we've you know said our, our bits of how we think they could do better but it's definitely something that i would love to see and i'm very hopeful for the future
0: Yeah, my overview of lore is this. There's certainly a lot of logistical things that need to be worked out. That's to be understood and to be expected. It made it a little confusing at the time. Overall, I loved the story. I loved getting in-depth and getting to know the characters. That was my favorite, favorite part was this overarching story. And I agree with you. Uh, I agree kind of with all of you that I want more story. I want that endgame content. And maybe even if it's just like a one hunter quest and then it's just like, okay, there's one hunter quest, but the story is written as such that it it gives it a satisfying conclusion just for the hunters and just for the druids. Um, Again, overall, love Evermore, love what they're doing, and as long as they keep giving me more story and more in-depth storytelling with each and every character, the more I'm going to go back and the more I'm going to love what they're doing.
2: Heck yeah. Lore was an amazing experience. If you couldn't tell, that we, like, we dedicated now like three episodes to it. We care about it. We thought it was interesting. There was a lot to see. There was a lot to experience. And we, we've said it once. We've said it. We'll say it again, probably. It was imperfect. But it was something that really showed us the potential of what this park could become if they continue to build off of those strong things. And they know where they can be stronger, and we know that they're working on them. So that's that, That's really mm, encouraging to know that that's what they're working on.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you can you can tell that we're passionate about it, not only by, obviously, we have a podcast, but also <laughs> yeah. the fact that we kept going back. We wanted to pay the money to help this organization create something amazing with us. And really, we. the reality is we did keep going back and have gone s- since lore. Uh, we were avid fans, and still are, and yes, there are many things to be worked on, but that can be said with anything. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: And that is that is true to be said. We get a little passionate about this, and that's why we talk about improvement areas and why we want to see it succeed, and I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah. At the end of the day, we love it, we love the idea of it, and we can't wait for more of it. Mm-hmm.
1: That, that's what I want. I think that's what everyone wants, is more. More. more evermore.
0: Please give us more evermore. Can't can't get enough, and that's the overarching problem. Yep. Or criticism is that I want more. Give me all of it.
2: And so with that in mind, do we want to share some of our extra evermore bits? Some fan theories or what ifs?
3: Fan, fan theories!
2: <laughs> so, so I... Since I brought it up, I'll, I'll start it off. I would say that my, my personal favorite fan theory revolves around my favorite character, the one that I resonate with most. Yes, the one, the only, the glorious, the beautiful, Seftus, the executioner. We, we, we talked a little bit briefly about how his first kill was his father, and we, we don't know really why he killed his dad. That wasn't something that was revealed outright. However, there is a interesting thing that we, we think could be involved. It, when you're walking around the park... Uh, by the mausoleum during the time of lore. There's this crypt-like tomb face that is open and the the projection of a ghost sort of jumps out at you and just appears to just be this this young woman who is in this ghostly, ghastly form. It is my theory that Septus at such a young age was struck by a desire for justice through... The taking of life. The reason being because his father had done something to this girl. This girl potentially being uh, a sister, a friend, something. And he struck out on his own to say, You are wrong,
0: and for this, I claim your head.
1: Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really I like
0: that, that theory as well, because she, she like, well, said things as you would watch the animation and was like, He's coming. He's coming. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, kind of reliving the moment. I think over for for what she was going on because she was a ghost. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I like that. That that was something that when I when when I heard those pieces, when I kind of put them together, I was like, that is a really endearing thing. That if it, if it is true, awesome. Was it ever revealed? No. Will it ever be? I don't know. But cool thing to think about.
1: Yeah, I personally thought that when, when the witch was actually the villain the entire time, uh, there was a moment where we had received a blessed rock from her, literally a rock from the ground that she blessed with her magic. We were going through the catacombs and the vampires, or excuse me, she, when the witch told us that this would protect us from evil and darkness. My friend is very, very scared of anything having to do with jump scares or haunted whatevers, but we went through this scary catacomb-like thing with kind of these vampires that kind of jumped out at you and were talking or were following you, and I was going through that saying, we are sent here with the protection of Wen, we are on a mission from Wen, uh, you can't touch us because Wen blessed us or whatever. And immediately the vampire responded, that is a bit of darkness that you have there. We care not for Wen, right? And so I was thinking, oh, wow, maybe the magic that Wen has is dark magic, and instead of blessing us and protecting us, she cursed us a little. That was my theory for a little while, still not sure if that's the case, but uh, that's kind of my, my fan theory.
2: I mean, she she was there for the opening of the portal. She was she was there for the close. She left shortly thereafter. Who she, knows? She
0: did. She did do blood magic. That is confirmed. That, that is that's... that is confirmed. That is true. So
1: I'm just saying, maybe I am a little right. That's all. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that she's
2: she's called a witch for a reason.
3: Yeah. Any uh any Clara theories
0: out there? I think there's one ooh.
3: that I know. Ooh, ooh. I think this one comes from Skylar's yeah, Skylar. yeah, <laughs> theory.
0: This is I don't know if this is necessarily a theory, but but something that I would love to see happen. So ha- Clara having gone beyond the portal and like self-sacrificing, in my mind I kind of have a theory that she may make a return during when the lore portal opens again. And I think it would be so cool if another creature or being perhaps came through kind of just how like pasha transformed into nex clara could have changed into someone else and is actually the villain of lore or one of the villains of lore i think that would be so cool and really really fun and kind of a good storyline and hook to to know that she didn't just perish and that she may have had this horrible thing happen but we may get a chance to redeem and save her and even see the interaction with her and suds right like yeah what a terrible moment when
3: that when that happened yeah
2: That's and, and it it makes me excited for the questing that could take place to save her because we there there, there was so much that had to be done to save kaderan just after a short period of being infected what happens after a whole year or is time different in lore how long would she have been infected by the time she gets back how how will she change who or what will she bring back with her?
0: Mm. It's, yeah. Ooh, it's cool. Yeah, it's it's a very cool kind of like what if, like what if mm-hmm. that comes about. Yeah, or, or
1: another what if is, you know, what if we had chosen to kill Kadarian instead oh, yeah. of cure him?
0: yeah right so i i mean that was a story plot point part of the reason why people were or why the the staff was scrambling was because they thought that the the champions were going to kill the fey king instead of trying to cure him so what would have happened in the story who would have been affected by that is is a very interesting question what if the mythosians find out about that and they're like you killed the fey king and then they would come after us yeah. or be more hostile, I mean, he's definitely, he's yeah. from Mythos.
1: So he, this would definitely change the politics of that. Yeah. And and not only that, but, you know, I think it would also say to what extent is someone saved? You know, if we weren't ever able to cure Kaderin, if, for example, if Clara comes back, maybe there, they wouldn't even have been any thought process of if we can save her. Right yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and
2: and who knows what would happen with Faldo and Falda these mm-hmm. characters that seem to be tied to Kadarin as close friends. They're already a sort of reclusive, interesting set of individuals. I, I wonder what losing their connection to their home their best friend would have done to them and how that would have changed people's interactions with some of the weirder characters in the park if it would just gotten weirder
1: and and speaking of Faldo and and Falda, they actually are. In Aurora, mm-hmm. they were trying to reverse. Reverse. They were trying to reverse all of Kaderin's uh, transformation as the, kind of this dark figure. If they would have, if we would have killed Kaderin, obviously that story plot wouldn't have followed us into
0: Aurora.
2: Who knows? It might have been. It might have been an attempt to resurrect Kaderin yeah. through some yeah. interesting magic. Who knows? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you stopping on by and getting to hear our review and hopefully listen to us answering some questions you might have had. And thanks again, as always, to Evermore Park and what they do. We appreciate all of their characters and stories that they are creating. They are owned by Evermore Park. And if you want to find out more about them, go to evermore.com. We
3: love your participation. Answering a question this time around made us... Excited! We're getting this back and forth with you, the listeners. We encourage that you continue by talking to us. uh, Write an email to us at worldtalkers.podcast at gmail.com. Ask us a question or provide your own fan theory. What happened at Lore and and, uh, what do you think is really going on? Toss in your favorite experiences. Talk to us and uh, we'll definitely respond to you.
2: We love you, and uh, this has been World Talkers, and we'll see you Beyond Beyond the Portal.